What is up, everybody? This is Chris, and welcome to Lost in Comics, where we help you get lost on your comic journey. Welcome to the weekly top three comics to read this week. This is the video where I read my stack of comic books from all the publishers, small and large. There's a lot of comics to get to this week, but I tell you which were my favorite, including the pick of the week and other comics that I enjoyed this week. I will rate these books on a five jabroni scale, five being the best, one being the worst, although we don't really talk about the ones too much around here because we're talking about all the great comics that came out this week. And this was a nicely balanced week. Plenty in the stack from the big two, but also plenty of indie comics to get to. But only three can make it to the top, so let's get it started with... Three! Nightwing, issue number 103, DC Comics, Tom Taylor on writing... Travis Moore on art, Vasco Georgieve on art as well, Adriana Lucas on colors, and Wes Abbott on letters. There's something so fun about watching the Titans, this group of characters that have grown up together now working as a cohesive team. I'm a big fan of the Teen Titans and a big fan of team-ups, and it doesn't get much better than this comic book. While Donna Troy, Batgirl, and Starfire are trying to keep Blockbuster's innocent daughter Olivia safe from the grinning man who is working with Neuron, Nightwing, Cyborg, Beast Boy, and Raven are finishing their journey in hell to find something that might nullify Neuron's contract for Olivia's soul. I know that was a lot to take in there. Take it in. Nightwing has the answer, but will it matter if he can't resist the devil's temptation to make Dick more than just a man? To endow him with real powers. That can be real tempting for someone that has been a mortal man his whole entire life. These past couple of issues have me really excited for the new Titans book that's coming soon. And because of all of that, this book is getting a... You know, huh? I absolutely love that book. Four. I'm giving that one a solid four to start off the top three. Which takes us to... Two. Terror War number one from Image Comics. Saladin Ahmed on uh, writing. Art by Dave Acosta. Jay Leistein on inks. Walter Perea on colors. And Sean Lee on letters. I almost didn't pick up this book, y'all. But I am really glad that I did. Welcome to Blue City. A dystopian world filled with slums, ghettos, and those who protect them. Enter Mohammed Cho, the star of the book, who's cynical, but yet deeply rooted in compassion for humanity. And I'm assuming this is all coming from some kind of a, a, a past that we're going to find out more about in the pages of this book. But Mohammed is the leader of his own team of terror fighters, who are a minority population and the only ones capable of fighting and destroying terrors. And terrors are giant versions of a per person's deepest fears come to life. There's this one panel in the comic where the terror is this gigantic Kermit the Frog looking character. I mean, talking full suspenders. Uh, there's another panel with this giant skeleton soldier. But these terrors, I think they're going to be a lot of fun as it's played out through this series. But not all terror fighters are created equal. There's some that are really want to do good and save people from these terrors, but there's others that are in it for the money. Uh, the art is fantastic. From opening page, it sets this very bleak, crowded cityscape that puts you right in Blue City. The team aspect, uh, Muhammad's personal journey, the horror of these terrors, I am there for it all. I really liked issue number one, and I'm giving this book a... You know, I absolutely 
love that book. Four. A 4.2. A 4.2. So we've got a DC comic, and we've got an image comic to start the top three. Which publisher is taking this week's pick of the week? I'm about to tell you right now, but I want to say thank you guys for watching this top three comics of the week video every single week. I hope that you get some great recommendations for books that you might enjoy and add to your own pull list. If you're watching this, if you could do me a huge solid, a huge favor, hit that thumbs up button. That just tells me that you're enjoying the video and it means a ton to me. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. If this is your first time here, Welcome to Lost in Comics. This is a comic-loving YouTube channel that explores the comics, the stories, and creators that make comics great. I would love it if you sub to the channel and hit the bell so you get notified every time we release new content here at Lost in Comics. This past Tuesday, I had a dream come true, you guys. I sat down with one of the greatest comic writers of all time via StreamYard, via, you know, screen to screen. But we talked. I talked to Jeff Lemire, y'all, hearing him talk about his journey in comics and the genuine love that he has for the comics industry. It was inspiring. It was motivating. And overall, just a great time. If for some reason you missed that interview, please, please do yourself a favor and catch the rewatch on this channel. Um, there's a playlist with all of our interviews that we have here, but Jeff Lemire was the last one. And I think you guys will really, really enjoy that. Lastly, a week from today, Thursday, April 27th, we are hanging out with one of the hottest writers in the industry right now, writer of youth, Olympia, It's Only Teenage Wasteland, and most recently, Indigo Children. Kurt Pyers will be with us right here on the channel. I hope you can hang out with us. That is all the announcements for me. Let's get moving on to the... It's the pick of the week. The pick of the week. Pick of the week. And this week's pick of the week... All Eight Eyes, issue number one from Dark Horse Comics, Steve Fox on writing, Peter Kowalski on art, Brad Simpson on colors, and Hassan Atzmain Alhau on letters. This was one of those comics that uses horror, specifically creature horror, to tell a much broader, thought-provoking story. Vin has been tossed out of his apartment by his roommate after not making rent for the last three months. This leads him on a very late-night, early-morning walk in the park where he witnesses what he thinks is a homeless man killing a human being. But after further explanation, Vin comes to realize this homeless man wasn't killing a human, but instead this gigantic spider. I'm talking about this huge, monstrous, ugly-looking spider. If you uh, have a phobia for spiders, you might want to stay away from this comic, or you might want to use it to get over your fears. But Vin has just met a man that can see these spider monsters everywhere he goes. After all, these monsters hide out in the most secluded and downtrodden parts of the city, preying on the weakest. Most people never even know they exist. They go on with their day-to-days, they drink their coffees, they have their face stuck in their phones, but these monsters exist in the world. And now that Vin has been shown the truth, he won't be able to unsee it, and he can't go back to life as he knew it before. I really liked the entirety of this book. Writing is very clever and uses the spiders in a metaphorical and literal way. The art, incredibly detailed. The textures and shadows are brilliant. This was a huge surprise for me this week. When you pick up on the undertones of this comic, you are going to find some great appreciation for this one. It was my favorite comic this week, and I am giving it a... You know, huh? Absolutely love that book 
four. A four and a half, a 4.5 for this week's pick of the week. Now let's talk about some runner-ups this week. No one, issue number two from Image Comics, writing from Kyle Higgins and Brian Buccioletto, art by Geraldo Borges, colors by Mark Engelert, and letters by Hassan Atzmain Elhau. The city of Pittsburgh is reeling, not only from a recent serial killer murder, but now there's copycat killers on the loose. The police are moving from one crime scene to another while also trying to apprehend this mystery vigilante. This vigilante is called No One, who seems intent on shutting down and stopping all corruption in Pittsburgh by any means necessary. Now, Julia is a reporter for the local newspaper who is being pressured by her editors to use her new podcast to sensationalize the murders that are happening in Pittsburgh. Now, here's what takes this book to the next level for me. There's a QR code in the back of each issue. When you scan that code, you are taken to a separate podcast, and you can listen to this on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to podcasts on, but you're taken to this separate podcast that accompanies the comic. And Julia, the podcaster in the comic book, is actually narrating this true crime podcast. I actually tried it yesterday, and it is really good, y'all. It's If you're a fan of true crime and detective stories, it doesn't get better than this book. I'm fully on board, and as I talk about it, I'm actually falling more in love with it as we speak. Um, next up, we've got Black Tape, issue number three from AWA. We've got Dan Ponesian on writing, Dalibor Talahik on art, Ive Sforzina on color. Colors and letters by Steve Wands. Cindy was married to one of the greatest rock stars that ever lived, Jack King. What a great name. Together, Cindy and Jack found a love like none other. Jack died, and as Cindy is trying to cope with it all, she makes some very startling discoveries in the hidden corners of the rock star's home. Discoveries that appear to be missing people. But who's responsible, and why does everyone want Jack's last tape of the last song that he ever recorded? We've got occult activity, lots of horror and mystery and music right at the center of this one. Only one issue left, and I can't wait to see how this ends. Next up, Chicken Devils, issue number three from Aftershock, Brian Buccioletto on writing, Mattia Monaco on art and colors, and Buddy Bedoin on letters. I have missed this comic book. Since Aftershock began going through their financial troubles, there are several series that have been majorly delayed, including this one, but issue three reminded me why I love this comic book. Mitch, the owner of the best hot chicken shack in town, has gone from restaurant owner to vigilante with the help of some local police who are willing to clean up the city by any means necessary, even if that means suiting up alongside Mitch in a chicken suit, and a chicken suit. Mitch's wife isn't having it, though, and gives him an ultimatum to give up the chicken suit or she is gone for good. I find myself laughing out loud a lot at different moments in this book and actually having a lot of fun at every turn. I love hot chicken, and I love this book. I'm going to give some shout-outs this week to Superman issue number three from DC Comics, Joshua Williamson on writing. Wasn't a huge fa fan of the whole Parasite story, but I am a fan of this whole Lex-Superman dynamic and potential team-up that is happening in the pages of this book. Lex is insistent and presents a very convincing argument that Superman should trust him. Could Supercorp be the beginning of trust between two arch-enemies, or... Is this Lex being Lex, and there's something else being cooked up? My money is on the latter, but we'll see how that goes. Next up, Punisher, issue number 11, Marvel Comics, Jason Aaron on writing. 
As a Punisher fan, I kind of struggle with this comic. It paints Frank out to be a lover of death, more so than a lover of his own wife and kids. Historically, we know that Frank, he's got a screw or two loose, but we also know that Frank's love for his wife and kids are what drove him down the path of actually becoming the Punisher. On the other hand, as a fan of great storytelling, Jason Aaron has killed it and done a phenomenal job of delivering a new, fresh take on the Punisher, and most importantly, really exploring Frank's wife, Maria, and her perspective on life with Frank before the dreadful day at the park. Now, I can't help but be drawn to this great story, but make no mistake, there is a bit of rewriting the Punisher's origins and legacy, and with only one issue left, I'm very curious where this is going to leave my guy, Frank Castle. Next up, Batman Superman World's Finest number 14 from DC Comics, Mark Wade on writing, and the wonderful Dan Mora on art. Who killed Simon Stagg? At the end of issue 13, it really looked like it might be Bruce Wayne. But then again, maybe it's metamorpho. Superman and Jimmy Olsen are caught in the middle. Who really did it? Another excellent issue of this series. Now next up, as much as I have complained about the overuse of the deceased titles over at DC, Deceased War of the Undead Gods ended perfectly, heartfelt, and actually hit me in the feels. It felt like a real ending, and I am hoping this is really the end, but that was a fantastic issue. Flash at number 797, we're wrapping up the final issues of Jeremy Adams' run. I'm sad that it's almost over, but grateful that I've been able to experience it all. Harrower, issue number three from Boom Studios, Justin Jordan on writing. Big revelations are revealed in this horror slasher story. This one has been really good for me. What are you guys reading? What are you digging lately? Which of these new series are you willing to give a shot? Let me know in the comments below. I love hearing from you all. Thank you for watching, and as always, stay lost in comics. I will see you next time.